Hi, this is Daniel Williams, host of the MGMA Insights Podcast. I want to share an exciting offering from MGMA, the Transformative Healthcare Delivery Certificate Program. It's an in-depth online learning experience December 6th through the 7th that provides healthcare leaders with the mastery of accountable care organizations, clinically integrated networks, commercial value-based care programs, and CMS's value-based care programs, including MIPS and APMs. So go to mgma.com events to attend this certificate program December 6th and 7th. And now, on to our podcast. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Anyone involved in healthcare, whether you are in the RCM side, the coder, or you're a clinician trying to get documentation taken care of, we know that every year we have little updates. Well, this year the update is big. So the AMA documentation guidance is being significantly overhauled. The last time it was uh, distributed in this manner was 1995. So we all have been married to the old guidelines for about 27 years. But January the 1st, a new groom is coming to town and there are significant changes. That's Julie Smith, Director of Strategic Partnerships, Zoll Data Systems, talking about the significant overhaul of AMA documentation guidance. We'll hear more from Julie in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Couldn't meet with us in Boston? Let us simplify the Medical Practice Excellence Conference by delivering premier content to your space. The Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference DX is an online event that delivers three days worth of content streamed live from the Leaders Conference that was held in Boston. DX attendees also have access to interviews and podcasts, and the event will be held November 8th through the 10th. Go to mgma.com events to register today. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act, while reducing front-end workload and freeing up staff for higher-value activities. Zoll AR Boost tools find, verify, and correct patient demographic and payer information to reveal patients' unique financial characteristics and improve self-pay conversion. Visit zoldata.com slash ARBoost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. Our guest today is Julie Smith, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Zoll Data Systems. Throughout her career, Julie has developed partnerships that enable health systems and providers to realize more revenue, decrease bad debt, and increase operational efficiencies. At Zoll, Julie has also become a nationally known speaker on emergency medicine coding and reimbursement issues. 
Well, Julie, thanks so much for joining us again on the MGMA Insights podcast. No, I really appreciate the invite. It's great to be here. Yeah, I was doing some research, saw that we had talked uh, back in the spring. We were catching up with you on some things you had been working on. And so yet again, because uh, we have a great partnership with Zoll and with you and your team, um, it's great to have you back on the show. And just for our listeners, want to go over a couple of things real quick. You're Director of Strategic Partnerships at Zoll Data Systems. First of all, just give our audience an idea of who Zoll Data Systems is and, and what your role is there. Sure, absolutely. So Zoll Data Systems is an arm of Zoll Medical. And Zoll Medical is a medical device entity with um, really a worldwide presence, focusing on devices that really provide life-saving care ventilators, defibrillators, monitors, uh, life vests are a portable defibrillator that a patient can wear while they're waiting on um, a core procedure, etc. But Zold Data Systems is really the data and the software engine of Zold. And just like our medical entity, we come alongside healthcare with um, software when it's really needed most. And one of those applications is in the reimbursement cycle. And we come along healthcare encounters and give the very best data around a patient. Who is the patient financially? Who are their payers? What are they able to afford? Where are their struggles? Things of that nature, as well as clinical data. And so I serve in that area as a director of strategic partnerships and look for where are bi-directional opportunities to help the entire healthcare universe, whether that's through other software partners, large health systems, and the like. So it's a very fun opportunity for me. Well, that's great. And uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned reimbursements because uh, we're going to talk about that a lot here coming up in the, over this interview. So you and I just partnered up, uh, I think it was about two weeks ago or so. Uh, you recently spoke at an MGMA webinar. For our listeners, the topic was updates and impacts from 2023 outpatient E&M coding guidelines. I want to mention to everybody, for people who weren't able to make that particular webinar, it's available free, on demand, on mgma.com. I'm going to provide a direct link in our episode show notes so people can get out there and, and hear that entire uh, webinar presentation that you made. It's also available for continuing education credit. So uh, for people interested, what's the elevator pitch for that, Julie? Sure, absolutely. So Anyone involved in healthcare, whether you are in the RCM side, the coder, or you're a clinician trying to get documentation taken care of, we know that every year we have little updates. Well, this year the update is big. So the AMA documentation guidance is being significantly overhauled. The last time it was uh, distributed in this manner was 1995. So we all have been married to the old guidelines for about 27 years, but January the 1st, a new groom is coming to town and there are significant changes. And um, so the great thing about that little webinar is it's kind of like some great premarital advice, right? <laughs> What's coming? How do you tune in? How do you get prepared? Because your world is really going to change if you're utilizing the E&M codes 
particularly in the area of medical decision making. So we tried to really walk through that, highlight it, make it easy to digest, um, but it's definitely worth your time to go take a peek at that and then kind of see what are the things that you need to do to get ready for the big day. Okay. So give us some background then. You said the last update had been 27 years ago. Is this just like locusts? They just show up every 27 years or what is the thought process? Why sure. is it updated on, I mean, 27 years seems like an odd timetable. What, what's yeah. the background behind that? Well, the truth is it's really complex. And if you looked at the timeline, they tried numerous times to revise the documentation guidance for the e guidelines. And they just really couldn't get to a central hmm. place. They couldn't come to agreement, all of the different stakeholders. It was tried several times. And so the fabulous thing is that CMS and the AMA, who produces CPT, are really, for the first time, in lockstep. There are going to be very few places where CMS policy differs from the AMA's CPT guidelines. And that's really helpful to all of us. Mm -hmm. They're also really kind of hearing the message that clinicians have been overburdened by documentation, overburdened by the clicks in the EHR. This revision is a very substantial uh, step forward and let's reduce the documentation burden for clinicians. Let's do what we can to free them up for care. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Now, I'm gonna go over a couple of the items that you highlighted during that webinar, just to give people a taste of that. So one of the things you discussed was how the implementation of the No Surprises Act is impacting reimburse, reimbursements. Tell us about that. So it is significant. And I wish that I could say that it was positive. Okay. Whereas I think there's some positive intention for the patient. We're really seeing the burden of that act and the impact on clinicians and really ultimately access to care. So one, um, the entire process really was not ready to go on time. The IDRs are completely overwhelmed. In fact, many are not taking any new cases. Clinicians, those ancillary to the hospital, so your radiologists, your emergency medicine, et cetera, that really have to hold tight to the NSA are seeing delays in as much as six months in their payments. Mm -hmm. Uh, worse, they're seeing a 20 to 50% decline in initial reimbursement. So that initial payment way down. And then I'm waiting to get into IDR process for mediation. Um, unfortunately, because of folks not being ready, we're going to hope that this is why payers are not returning the information clinicians need. So a recent independent study of about 15,000 claims showed that on average, only 88% of the claims was the QPA noted within the remittance advice. 92% of those claims did not have RARC codes. And so not only is there a huge drop in reimbursement, the core data that's needed for the process to work is not there. And the IDRs are just really overwhelmed. And what's profoundly unfortunate about that is I'm aware of 
billing entities who have had to lay off huge amounts of staff because without those payments and with that much of reimbursement decline, they're simply not solvent. I'm also aware of many, multiple in the dozens, and of course, that's just what I'm aware of, um, clinician groups, provider entities who have let clinicians go and certainly across the board reduce clinician reimbursement. So it's tough. At Becker's, it was a big discussion. Mm -hmm. Hospital CFOs really struggling with the struggles of the NSA. So this is on all sides. Um, it is a tough burden on healthcare. I want to ask you a little bit about the staffing situation then, because I, I feel like maybe I'm stepping out of line here. I feel like you do need people to make the engine run. And we're just seeing these catastrophic levels of staffing shortages at times. What is that doing to reimbursements? Or have you done any either research on sure. your own? You said you were at the Becker's show. Are, are you hearing any research done on how that's impacting reimbursements? So in terms, it's, it's really the No Surprises Act. Okay. Payer policy that is impacting reimbursement. But unfortunately, this is a double whammy because particularly if I'm on the hospital side, you know, hospitals don't run on a huge margin. Net margin, three to 4% annually. Mm. Uh, however, for the last nine months, the AHA has released a negative margin of on average 0.98 for hospitals. And that is a combination of the reduction in reimbursement, but also the incredible costs of traveling nurses. You know, they're paying a lot to get staff in. Um, so it really is that double whammy. Staffing all across the reimbursement process is more expensive, right? Mm -hmm. We know inflation, I think COLA was just released at 8.7%, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so all these things are hitting at the exact same time. And, and the reality is, ultimately, it reduces patient access. When we have fewer clinicians on the wall as America's safety net in our emergency departments, fewer radiologists to read and interpret, et cetera, et cetera, it's patient access. And I'm a little bit biased here, but in a year when the top five payers have seen more margin than Apple, seen more margin than Google, than Netflix, and our clinicians are negative margins, cutting pay, cutting hours. Um, ultimately, that impacts the patient, and we really got to address that inequity in healthcare. That actually, from a percentage perspective, in my mind, is the greatest inequity in healthcare today. Um, and we need to address it because ultimately it impacts patients. Okay. If it were an easy answer, we'd already have implemented it. <laughs> we but would have. is there, when your wheels are turning, what are you thinking? What are some, even some initial steps we can take to make that burden less burdensome? Sure. So I think we can look at the entire reimbursement process. So on average, a first-level denial for Medicaid costs a clinician $111 to respond to. That was a study done by five financial uh, banks in California. So outside of healthcare, looking at what is the cost. So let's 
put some boundaries around denials. Let's put some boundaries and some automation and process for prior on. We've really regulated the clinicians. We have not regulated healthcare insurance entities. And I'm not a fan of regulation, but I do think we have to do some things around how much of what the insurers are bringing in is being paid out to clinicians. What authority does an insurer have to deny care? That really is the practice of medicine. Um, Texas recently passed legislation that said that only a clinician could deny care because when we say a procedure is needed or not needed, are we not practicing medicine? And every state has requirements about who has the scope of practice to do that. So I know I'll be in Washington next month lobbying for those very things. I encourage everyone here to get involved, send letters. Um, we need the NSA, the No Surprises Act to be implemented in the way that Congress intended, uh, as opposed to how it has been rolled out. And those things will make a difference, but there, there's no quick fix, but I certainly think there's a lot of money in the system. When margin beats out Apple, Google, and Netflix, the money's there. Let's get it to taking care of patients rather than profits mm -hmm. for investors. Wow. That is a powerful statement. So regarding your advocacy efforts, tell me about that. Uh, what is how is that set up? Are you with going with a group? What's what's going on there? Sure. And what is your what is your goal? What do you want to accomplish while you're on Capitol Hill? Yeah, so I think virtually every trade association, every physician association, nurse association, they have an advocacy arm, right? Mm -hmm. So in my case, I'm on the board of the Emergency Department Practice Management Association. I also serve on the board of governors for the Emergency Medicine Policy Institute and a number of committees, et cetera. And all of those have lobby days, have legislative efforts. And I think that's true. I certainly see MGM put out posts oh, yeah. and others, right? Uh -huh. And so the, the key is to just get involved and respond. And um, the more voices who share the stories, who share how this is impacting care, um, the stronger those voices will be. So then that's really what I encourage is just start in the association that you're involved with. Mm -hmm. Meet with your local legislators. It's an easy thing to do. I can't tell you it's fun, but it's worth <laughs> it. And it does make a difference. Yeah, I have been there um, in multiple industries that I've covered. And I've followed exactly what you're saying. Associations going door to door, talking to Congress, members of Congress right. and expressing their um, you know, opinions and their, their background on particular issues. It, do y'all have, in your case, do you have appointments set up with members of Congress? What What is your agenda going to look like there? Yeah, so we have appointments set up with members of Congress, and we're doing that throughout the year, but we do specific days where we go. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's not hard to do. Thankfully, they want to meet with you. Uh, mm -hmm. But the key thing is you've got to have some data. You've got to be able to right. tell your story. And that's one area where I'm really proud of Zoll. We bring the right data to the table. We help providers know the story and know the information surrounding the patient. You know, for example, with the No Surprises Act, as a provider, I've got a bundle of claims that I'm taking to IDR. Well, it's very difficult for me to know 
What was the average payment in 2019? What is the payment today? And without that data, my battle at IDR is going to be a little bit, you know, I'm the underdog. Payers got this big batch of data, right? And so I think it's really important for clinicians, for health systems to go out and procure data by their geozips about what is happening where they are so they can tell that story because it is going to be a longer fix to really fix the entire environment. And in the meantime, you've got to arm yourself with data as you work with the payers and also as you work with the patient. Mm -hmm. How can you help that patient with their responsibility? Can you come alongside them with a charitable discount? Um, can you tell where they are on their deductible? Those kind of tools do help improve significantly the bottom line. Um, and it's, it's just far too difficult to try to do all these things manually. And in fact, many times there just isn't even a manual option, right? You need a partner mm -hmm. to come alongside you and give you those tools. Mm -hmm. I want to go into what you're talking about data. That's <laughs> in, in uh, Zoll Data Systems name, y'all are all about that data from your side of it. When you're meeting with hospitals, health systems, et cetera, what are some of those key data points? What do you want to get across to them so they can feel more confident moving forward in their own daily lives at their practices? No, absolutely. You know, we look at things like this new guidance for 2023. And one of the things that is now paramount is that when we look at medical decision-making, clinicians are going to be given value for looking at external records. Well, that's wonderful if I can access them, but what is an easy way that I can access external records? Well, for example, and there are numerous ways to do this, you could look at a past discharge, you could look at another specialist record if you have that in your universe, your EDIS, but hospitals can also go out and for example, Zoll, we have the pre-hospital information. We have that record at EPCR. And so we're able to bring that in, in real-time integration. And all clinicians in the hospital can look at what happened before this patient arrived. Well, that's excellent patient care, but it also now adds to the value of the clinician's level, which I think was really wise on the part of the AMA. Let's value the work clinicians are doing to try to really understand this patient and their condition and what's going on. So that's an example of the kind of dialogue that we'll have with hospital systems. Do you have a readily accessible way to get access to pre-hospital information? Do you have social determinants of health data? Here too, that's an area that the AMA is valuing. So if a patient has a social determinant of health, maybe lives in a food desert, maybe speaks English as a second language, that really can impact their clinical scenario, their overall health, right? If I don't understand what the clinician's asking me to do. Well, if we document that and how we addressed it, again, it's going to be part of the value. But how can we help clinicians have that in real time and not have to ask really uncomfortable questions? It's very uncomfortable for a provider to say, can you afford to pick up your prescription? Right, a patient might be offended. Mm -hmm. But if that clinician had data that showed affordability of prescriptions is, is a challenge here, then they can look and go, oh, well, I know that in general, the generic will do the same thing or that 
gee, you're on Aetna and I know their formal area. So those pieces of data being readily accessible to clinicians really do make a difference. Okay. Um, as far as those resources you were describing, where could we take our listeners? Is there a, a portal or any area on the Zoll Data Systems website? Where would you want them to go so they could get more information on that? Yeah, absolutely. So our uh, Zoll Data Systems website, and then uh, we've got our, uh, if you look at AR optimization, lots of tools there. Um, important to look at Zoll Data Systems rather than Zoll Medical. Um, okay. That'll take you down a different trail. Uh, and then the other thing I would recommend, um, we've talked a lot about the new guidelines and the mm -hmm. AMA does have some good tools on their website that overview the changes and are really helpful. And if a, if a listener wanted that, I'd be happy to share it as well. And I think on our webinar, we shared my email address. So okay. um, a number of good resources there. That's great. All right. Well, Julie, before we sign off, I want to switch gears. You and I were talking offline right before we hit record here. You have been an absolute road warrior. This is the event season right now. I think you'd been on the road for about three straight weeks or so. You were telling me, yeah. I know I just returned from Boston for MGMA's annual event. Um, you were telling me when you came back, you just needed to rest, recharge the batteries, et cetera, for a few days so you could just get back, you know, into the, into the, you know, moment of being able to provide the information that you do. And so what do you do on that downtime? What are some of the things that you like to enjoy just so you can get that work-life balance? So you can go, okay, I've been on the road for three weeks. Now I need some me time so I can be the best me when I get back to work. So what do you like to do in that downtime? Yeah. So I'm a nature girl. I live in Colorado. So I get out and hike and walk. I have horses and it's amazing how spending time with them drops my blood pressure. Um, I, I think of our clinicians, I think of our nurses and our doctors, and they have been through it all for the last two years. And there's no let up, um, whether it's, you know, this virus or that virus, monkeypox, COVID, the hits just keep coming. And that kind of is the way it is in healthcare. And so I do really think having that place, having that moment for you in, and it kind of, I take my downtime and then I get back out there and try to make a difference because I really do believe in our providers. They are there on someone's worst day. And I think the world of that. And so, you know, the little things we can do to help, like going over the guidelines, making it a little bit easier, signing up for lobby day and talking to those legislators, they're worth it. Our patients are worth it. And so I hope that these tools help with reimbursement. I'm always available to answer questions. And um, thankfully I took some time on my horses and so I'm ready to answer some more. All right, Julie, well, it's always so great to catch up with you, learn what you have going on. I'm, I'm excited for you for having, as you called it, lobby day, getting up to Capitol Hill, getting to educate some of those members of Congress. So thank you so much for uh, sharing these different thoughts with us today. No, I appreciate it. And um, thanks to everyone who's out there doing the hard work every day with our patients and appreciate MGMA. You all have a great afternoon. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Julie Smith, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Zoll Data Systems. We also want to thank MGMA Events and Zoll Data Systems for sponsoring this week's show. Let us simplify the Medical Practice Excellence Conference by delivering premier content to your space. The Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference DX is an online event that delivers three days worth of content streamed live from the Boston Conference. DX attendees also have access to interviews and podcasts beginning November 8th through the 10th. Go to mgma.com slash events to register today. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act, while reducing front-end workload and freeing up staff for higher-value activities. Visit zoldata.com slash ARBoost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.